Hello, my name is Chris Bell and welcome to Saturday Freeze Just Fucking Win. The first message I have for everyone is I hope you all had a very Merry Christmas and enjoyed the two results over the Christmas period, which was obviously Ross County and Mullerwell. The name of this show is very apt, obviously Just Fucking Win, as it's Old Firm Week and me and the guys will be going through that game. But before we go through that game, as I said, the aforementioned Ross County and Mullerwell game, we'll have a quick review of that first. Joining me to do that, first of all, is Eddie. Eddie, how are you doing, mate? Evening, yeah, not bad. It was nice to get back up to a game yesterday for the first time in a wee while, albeit um, we'll go into a bit more detail on my thoughts on the game afterwards, but it's also good to be back on the main podcast as well. I think I've missed a, a few episodes, so looking forward to it. Been a busy man, mate. You've been in Lapland, so I'll, I'll let you away with that. Having a, a wee visit to the big man, so um, nah, you're, you're, you're totally fine, mate, um, albeit your presence was missed. And uh, joining Eddie and I is, of course, the stalwart, the guy who never misses a pod, Mr. 24-7, Kenny. Kenny, how are you doing, mate? <laughs> I'm good, thanks, Chris. How are you? Not too bad, mate. I had a decent decent enough Christmas and it wasn't ruined by Rangers, uh, so I have to take the positive for that, I guess. Um, however, we will obviously go into, I think, performances. If, if we were basing the Christmas period on performances, it probably would have been quite a horrible Christmas, but I think the main aim was six points out of six, and we certainly got that. Um, and obviously, the overall target so far, uh, which Kenny, me and you alluded to, was to try and get 15 out of 15, and we're currently on 12 out of 15, albeit the 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 15th, uh, the 15th, the three points to make it to the 15 points that game hasn't been yet. Obviously, we'll come on to that, so it's been fairly positive in that respect. But, look, um, I'll be honest, don't expect a really in-depth look back on the Ross County Motherwell game. It's been the Christmas period. Myself and the other podders, the availability has been quite scarce. Um, so, obviously, we've missed a few opportunities to have a real in-depth look into those games. It'll be a quick gloss over and then a more in-depth look at the, old, the all-important Old Firm game this Monday. Um, so we will start with the Ross County game. Now, uh, Eddie, I'll come to you first. I was kind of coming and hawing to really talk about a few things about the Old Firm game, but, uh, sorry, not the Old Firm game, the Ross County game, but the, the only real talking points for me that I feel is worthy of discussion, certainly um, a week removed from the actual game, is McLaughlin started because obviously McGregor had an illness. The performance at Adam Devine, the non-performance of Rabi Matondo and obviously the John Lundstrom goal, um, which obviously got us the win. Um, so overall, first of all, Eddie, what's your opinion on the performance? And then obviously McLaughlin's performance, Devine's performance, and then Rabi Matondo. You've, you've picked a good selection of uh, options to go through there, I think. Some good, some bad, some... Yeah, yeah. You've, you've pretty much covered the bases there, <laughs> to be honest, because um, I think overall the performance was poor. Um, it wasn't an enjoyable game to watch. It was very mundane, very workmanlike. Let's just do the job and let's get away, which I'll be honest, I'm not overly concerned about in a vacuum when it comes to games at the moment. I think we're in a very much, as the show says, just win. Um, you'll know I dropped the, the swear word because I don't know, don't tend to swear on podcasts myself. But um, just for me at this moment in time, when it comes to the games, I'm, all I'm concerned about is getting that three points and staying in the hunt. McLaughlin, I thought, did really well um, when he came in. He was in a difficult position. He's come out of the, the cold, um, rightfully so, because his performances, when he was previously given the number one shirt, were honking, and he deserved to be dropped. But he stepped in, 
Um, wasn't overly challenged massively in the game. Let's not let's not take it too far. But he did pull off one fantastic save, which could have left us a bit kind of red faced if we if he hadn't. And so he was fine. Adam Devine has been really really good to see playing. Um, you know, it's it's difficult when you're talking about a right back who's coming in as a youth player and being thrown in at the deep end at left back. But I, I don't think he's put a foot wrong. In the games that he's played in that position, I thought he's he's looked good, um, solid, but but exciting to see what he can do going forward in the future. And um, I think he's made a good account of himself in those kind of games where he has played. So a, a good pick in him. And as far as Lundstrom's goal goes, um, it was a magnificent goal, a, a lovely finish. He couldn't have hit it any sweeter. He's not had the greatest of runs lately. Uh, I think a number of us have had probably quite a few frustrations rightly so with him and the way he sometimes approaches games when he gives the ball away not chasing it back down just kind of giving up on it but the one thing he does kind of have in his locker at all times is he's willing to take a shot from distance and more often than not that shot is on target and then every now and again it's a it's a stunning finish like the one against Ross County so overall not a not a good display but I'm happy with the the result in the end great goal and I don't even really want to discuss Rabi Matondo in too much detail um, I, 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 one of the biggest disappointments of the summer for me I thought perhaps there was going to be a player there we were perhaps going to hopefully win a watch with him these other clubs have obviously been interested in but then history I suppose doesn't lie the fact that he's been punted around these clubs and never really been held on to tells its own tale and I've got to be honest as I've kind of said to you off air I'm not overly keen in seeing him ever line up for us again at this moment in time. Yeah, uh, I think you just about summed up. Kenny, anything you want to add to that? Um, not, a, not a huge amount. I thought we controlled the game quite well. There was, we were never really in any danger apart from that three or four minute spell where uh, McLaughlin made that save and then the, the boy went through and put it past the post, didn't he? Um, but apart from that, I thought we, particularly second half actually, we could kind of control the game quite well um, and seen it out get down the road it was that as simple as that it was a kind of nothing game wasn't it, it was... yeah there really isn't I think even if we'd done this podcast 24 hours removed from that game we would be struggling to get half an hour worth of content it would just be filled out by talking to, talking for talking sake there, there really wasn't enough um, incidents uh, or talking points from the game itself I totally agree with you guys three points down the road job done Um even in the most spectacular of title winning seasons, uh, you can look back at 55 even, there was games like that where we scraped one nose um, and that's the all important thing. It's all about the three points at the moment, it's all about trying to build momentum. Um, I'll come on to momentum soon because I think that's an important point. So I, f- I feel that even though we've got four wins in the bounce, I still feel as if there's a lack of momentum, which is a bit weird, but we'll, we'll come on to that when we're discussing the upcoming game. Um, two things I do want to add about the Ross County game. Uh, one thing in particular I do want to get both your opinions on, but first of all, I'll, I'll round off the Rabbi Matondo chat. Listen, Rabbi Matondo is getting a t- tough, tough time from the Rangers fans, and I have to say, unfortunately for him, it is justified. It's also a wee bit unfair given his age, I get that. It's 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 never nice to see a young guy go through a difficult period, um, especially when they're playing for the club that you support. But at the end of the day, we're fans and our, our judgment is the most important. Well, the second most important, because I think the, the judgment of the manager is more important than the fans. But our judgment does count significantly. And the judgment is, it's been a complete and utter failure. I would say from 
the point of view of if Ravi Matondo arrived on a free transfer to £500,000, he may, may be worth keeping around to see what we can do. However, his reported wages, uh, which I'm not really willing to discuss because I really don't want to believe that they are as high as what I've seen, and his actual transfer fee, which is £3 million, um, so, listen, I'm not going into this whole Ross Wilson thing, but that should be enough for him to lose his job. That That is, is a disgraceful tran- transfer business. Probably one of the worst in our history, I would say. And again, that's mightily heavy criticism, but this boy does not look as if he... I don't. I think it is a confidence issue, I, I do, but there's also a technical um, issue there. Um, it doesn't look anywhere near good enough. I think if he was playing for a St. Mon or a St. Johnson, they would be like, what the hell have we signed here? And I know this is really, really heavy, heavy criticism, but the fact that he costs £3 million, one of the biggest fees we've paid in a long time as well, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's indicative of our strategy at the moment. And uh, I think the best thing for Rangers and certainly the best thing for Ravi Matondo is to part ways, whether that's a one move in January or a permanent move. I think the absolute best thing to do is, is cut a loss easier. Um, second thing uh, I do want to get your opinion on. Now, I'm going to cast your minds back to the Leguen era when we had three goalkeepers with Lino Letizia, we had Stefan Clausen. We obviously had Alan McGregor. Klaus had an injury. Letizzi had a bit of kind of poor form, one or two niggles. McGregor came in, done fantastically well. And all the noise from Alan McGregor was right, I want to be number one. If I don't if I'm not going to be number one, sell me. That for me was the mentality of a Rangers goalkeeper. And John McLaughlin said something very interesting in his post match uh, his post match press conference, which by the way, I thought he spoke very, very well. He's John McLaughlin is a great um, ambassador for Rangers, I have to say. Like he well spoken, very intelligent, not a trouble around the place, will never kick up a stink. That's all good and well. But they're also the reasons why he'll never be the Rangers number one, because he said, um, obviously had a very good performance, was probably the second best player after Lundstrom, because I thought Lundstrom had one of his better performances. And he said that um Alan will come back in and I will support him as number two. There was no there, there was no laying down of a marker in terms of, right, I want to be number one now. Hopefully that performance gives Michael Beale something to think about. It was a very kind of defeatist, submissive um, attitude or or uh, line, if you will. And that, to me, just sums up McLaughlin in his entirety. I just have never felt that he's got the mentality to be a Rangers number one. Um, I think there is ability there, but he's just getting no self-belief, in my opinion. Kenny, am I looking too much into that, or is there some accuracy there in, in, in my conclusion? No, I think there's probably a bit of accuracy in that. I, I, I was quite surprised with the comments, but at the same time, um, how would you put that? Uh, not all that surprised either. If Do you, do you know what I mean by that? that he, oh, did, he actually come out and said that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, listen, um, McGregor is 41 years of age coming up for, isn't he? And he, he should be challenging and he should be wanting to challenge, but there's an acceptance there. Uh, it, we mentioned this last week. It, he's he's a second-choice goalkeeper. He knows he's a second-choice goalkeeper and he's he seems quite happy with his lot in that sense, um, which is fair enough, but quite disappointing uh, at the same time because you, you, you want that competitive edge and we're not we're obviously not seeing that from any of the goalkeepers in terms of trying to challenge McGregor so I, I, I was surprised by the comments I must admit. Adi anything you want to add to that? 
No, I'm not. I'm not overly bothered about it. Um, mainly because I don't want him to be the Rangers number one. Uh, I think he had his chance, and he's proved he's not ready to, or he's he's never going to be the man to be the Rangers number one. And the fact that he's accepted it makes it a bit easier. Um, it, he'll not be causing any kind of disruption in the background, and he can go about his business and be there if we need him for the odd game. Um, I mean, obviously. If he's someone I thought could step into the number one position, I'd be a bit disappointed to hear that because then I'd have to rethink my thought process on it and his mentality. But to be honest, he's just a man that's accepted his lot and knows that actually he's got a good deal where he's at and make less noise, don't uh, make as little noise as possible and you won't get kicked out, basically. Yeah, it's it's just um, like having a good number two is obviously a, 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 a good thing to have. I mean, you look at Neil Alexander, he was pretty much the same. I think Neil Alexander expressed his disappointment more that he'd never get a, a, an extended run as number one. Um, but he also knew that McGregor was at the peak of his powers, whereas McLaughlin must know that McGregor is on the decline and, and there should have been a chance, an opportunity there. He effectively won his three points um, and there was no that there was no dissent whether that's to try and keep the peace because you kind of get that impression from the guy, that's fine. But I just think taking ability to one side with McLaughlin, there is a clear um, lack of mentality uh, needed uh, or, or required from McLaughlin uh, to be to be that number one. And I think to Kenny's point is that the issue here is we're not exactly blessed with three amazing goalkeepers, so they, they should all be challenging each other because that, that position should be up for grabs, but it doesn't seem to be the case, which... I'm sure we will come on to because I don't think McGregor really covered himself in much glory against Motherwell, albeit he did keep a clean sheet. Um, so we'll move on to that game. And obviously McGregor did come back in, recovered from his illness. Borna Barisic came back in for Adam Devine. I think we were all a bit surprised by that because obviously Devine had been fantastic uh, over the last couple of weeks. And uh, I think it was very, very harsh on uh, young Adam Devine. But Borna uh, decided to show up. I mean, I'm on record for saying last night that I just couldn't be bothered seeing a very negative left-back in comparison to the very positive left-back that we've had over the last couple of weeks. And yet, Barner shot me up, so that's that's fine. I mean, I, I, I never want any Rangers player to uh, not succeed, so that was all good. Um, Alex Lowry got a chance, I'm sure we'll come on to him. But I'll just go through the goals very, very quickly here. I don't think we should talk about them individually. Well, actually, we should. The, the first goal we should definitely talk about individually because that was just a class goal, um, the, the first goal. So Morelos uh, gets the header. Ryan Kent receives the ball in the middle of the field, does a wee shimmy, and that wee shimmy takes out two Motherwell players, creates a big a big bit of space for him. He feeds it to Borna Barisic, who looks up and gives the most pinpoint accuracy of crosses that you'll ever see right onto the head of Alfredo Morelos. Boom, it's 1-0. It's a classic Borna cross. It's a classic Morelos finish. Um, and Rangers looked, I mean, it was a classic Steven Gerrard Rangers goal, uh, if you will. Um, and that came off the back of a very nervy 10, 15 minutes, opening 10, 15 minutes. So, Eddie, obviously, mean you were sitting together um, last night. It's not that we couldn't see that coming. I think what surprised me and you was the quality of the goal. You're talking the quality of Kent, the quality of the cross and the quality of the finish. Something we just haven't seen in the last month or two, really. Yeah, it was a lovely spark. Um, kind of, you're right. We we were expecting a goal at some point, but the the quality of that goal was brilliant. The the build up play was brilliant. The cross was outstanding. Morelos's movement to get on the end of it was outstanding. And it's just something. It, 
I'm, I'm not going to say it was a, a Gerard goal. It was a typical Beal goal. I'm going to give him the credit for the, pra- the previous regime as well. Um, but they look, it's a situation where we've got the same squad basically as back then, and they just haven't been playing like that. But that goal was a little flashback to remind us that actually at one point this was a decent squad. And while it's probably, or certainly at the stage of uh, we need to recycle a few and, and reload, it did give us a little bit of uh, a reminder that at one point this was a top quality squad for us. And that goal was just outstanding. Kenny? What a cross in from Bonavarisic. He was the best player in the park last night for me, I, I must admit. 100% uh, agree with that, by the way, yeah, Kenny. He absolutely. was my man in the match by far. Yeah, he was brilliant, actually. Really, best I've seen Bono in a long, long time. Uh, but this system suits him, doesn't it? He's much, much farther up the pitch. It's great to see. Um, brilliant header as well. But he's, to be fair, the cross is such that just get your head on that. It's going to fire into the roof. Uh, absolutely cracking goal. Uh, and came, came as a surprise to me because I thought that um, Motherwell started quite well, actually. They'd put us under a fair bit of pressure first 10 minutes. We were, we were all right, but we had to deal with a lot of set pieces and stuff. So I was delighted with it. You are right in what you say, but I think you're giving Motherwell far too much credit because I think that Rangers put Rangers under a lot of pressure in that first time. Yeah, I would agree with that, but yeah. I thought they were okay, actually. I didn't think they were typical Motherwell, if you know what uh, I mean, when they took up at Ibrox. No, no, I get I get that, but the slackness um, and, and the biggest offender for the slackness for me was John Lundstrom. Uh, was just, yeah, I would agree. Honestly, I just don't know what's happened to this guy. Um, the I remember the back pass that he tried to play and it just went straight to the Motherwell player and then it was kind of a one-on-one with McGregor where McGregor had to come out and I says to Eddie at the time, you know, that could have went either way, that could have been a red card, um, but McGregor done very well. I hate seeing McGregor coming off his line uh, like yeah. that full stop. Aye, because um, he's, he's, uh, his success rate's not that great when it comes no, to... No, it is not. Um, but look, we got away with that one um, and there was a couple of more unforced errors but look, we're coming to the other two goals Bomber Barisic again, fantastic corner um, and I just says to Eddie I'm sick of these corner routines and it'll be the same old push, I think the actual comment I made was watch this get cleared and then boom on the end, corner Goldson makes it 2-0 and then a wee bit of quality by Malik Tillman in the second half uh, takes a shot in the right hand corner uh, or Liam Kelly's right hand corner to make it 3-0 and the game sort of just sort of petered out after that um, so, look, I don't think we need to discuss the other two goals. I think we've all agreed that Bono was fantastic last night. Um, even I'm agreeing with that. I think two fantastic assists, he needed that. Um, I think the, the talking points for me are obviously Alex Lowry's performance, um, slackness, but we'll bring that into the review against Celtic, um, and the Morelos potential injury. I think we've all kind of get a wee fright when that happened. So, Eddie, I'll come to you first about Alex Lowry. Uh, look, but we're all excited to see him none more so than myself, big fan of Alex Lowry obviously there's a few rumours that his attitude hasn't been great and these aren't unfounded rumours I think these are rumours that come from the very highest of reliable sources so um, I tend to believe them um, because his ability is not keeping him out of the Rangers team but last night I, I think the, the the young lad didn't grab his opportunity to start the old firm game, I think that's very fair to say, I think he looked a wee bit hesitant at times. He did try some things that didn't really come off, but I don't mind that because um, young lads tend not to try the difficult ball. They try to keep it simple, whereas he didn't. He he did try the, the odd, um, more difficult ball and the more kind of ambitious uh, ball. But I think Alex Lowry's problem over the next 18 months is going to be imposing himself on games physically. 
I think he's a wee bit behind her. He does still look like a young boy in a man's game, and we need to be patient in that respect. But in terms of his actual technical ability, I don't have any issue there. I've got no nervousness there. But I think that's where he needs to improve his game physically, get himself in the gym, get his body, transform his body from boy to man and do it as quickly as he can. Because that, that for me, yesterday was the issue. He just could not get himself into the game at all. Um, Eddie, how, how do you feel that he performed? I, yeah, I don't think he was very good, if I'm honest. Um, but I'm okay with that. I think it was great to see him in the lineup, and it, it's a perfect game to let him go in and play, and to to not have a great performance in really, but to kind of get back into the swing of playing against top level or top, you know our our top level professionals, and realizing what the game is about, and understanding that kind of yeah the physicality, and he'll be used to that playing in the B team because I've got I'm under no illusions that the players he's up against in, at that level aren't completely physical players but also realizing that you don't get the same kind of time and you're up against a, a, a better quality of player so it's a perfect game to let him go in and, and make those mistakes and learn from them knowing that the rest of the team are there to kind of rally around and, and pull the win out of the bag um, and just get him back in that first team pitcher now like you I was pleased to see him trying stuff and I don't think a lot of it came off at all um but the fact that he's got the strength of character, it's the complete opposite of McLaughlin um, conversation. The fact that he's got the strength of mental character to think, do you know what, I'm going to try this at a young age in front of that many play, uh, that many fans, having come in from the effectively being put out on the cold, um, to still come in and be willing to try that kind of stuff shows that he's he's got it up there he's he's thinking about it and he's he's willing to take risks and i was happy with that there was one uh through ball that he played and i can't remember who it was to and at what point it was but it was a fantastic pass and i don't think anyone else with the ball in that position would have tried that and it, it didn't ultimately lead to a goal or anything but the fact that he saw that pass to make it and to try it was promising and I think he'll have a really really bright future I don't think last night was his night I've seen a lot of people on Twitter saying that he was great and I think that's more hopeful projection than than a truthful analysis and ultimately I don't think that helps anyone by pretending like it was a great performance but I I genuinely don't mind him not having a great performance because I think the thought process was there I think getting him in about the team and back into that, those great performances will come. And I definitely think looking at him, there is a player there and he just needs time to bed himself into that first team and get more minutes in the legs playing against kind of top level professionals. And I, I think we've, we'll, we'll see a real player over the next rest of this season and next season. Kenny, what, what, what do you think of Lowry's performance last night? I thought it was all right. Um, I thought he, he gave the ball away quite a lot, to be fair, but they all did. Um, what I do like about him when he he's always positive, he's always playing forward passes, he's always got his head up, which is a good thing to see. His head's always up, he's always looking. Um, again, it, it was just such a strange game last night, wasn't it? There, there was just so many bad passes. It's hard to pick out a kid and say that he had a lot of bad passes because they all did. But um, I thought it was all right. I didn't think I, I I agree with Eddie actually. Eddie's saying that he's seen on Twitter a lot of folks saying that he, he they had a good game last. I didn't think it was a good game. I thought he was all right. I thought he he was decent enough and positive. But 
I also tend to agree, agree with the pair of you here. I think he's got a stone to put on upper body wise. He, he's he's slight looking, isn't he? At the minute, very yeah. slight looking. Uh, that's got to come, but that will come because he is. What is he? 18, 19, 19 now. Nineteen, yeah. Aye, aye. That'll come over the next 18, 18 months or so. That will come. That he, he will start to put that weight on naturally. But if he gets to the gym and bulks up, there's a player in there, definitely, mate. Definitely. Oh, definitely, yeah. I agree with that 100%. There definitely is a player in there. Um, it's it's really up to Alex Lowry now uh, if he wants to make it or not because he does have the ability. He just needs to apply himself off the field in the gym he needs to apply himself off the field on the training on the training pitch with his attitude and he needs to get his head down and grab a real opportunity because the the positions up for grabs we're looking for a player exactly like Alex Lowry the talent's there isn't it it yep. really is yeah uh-huh. so if Alex Lowry wants to have a career at Rangers or a top level career um, then it's up to Alex Lowry to to fulfil that because he's got all the the parts there he's got the ability he's got a top class training facility he's got a top class coach and um, so he just needs to take all those things and make it work for him and i really really hope he does because I, I really don't want to see another john fleck greg wild jamie ness albeit jamie ness was a wee bit unlucky with injuries but you know what i mean um i don't want to see another boy i think the best description i've heard of um, alex lowry so far is this could be another Charlie Muller. He's got all the ability in the world, but the attitude isn't quite there. There's a lot of nonsense up, up above. And if he cuts that out, um, we, we could see a, a real good player in our hands. Um, but it's, I could I could sit here and, and, and obviously talk about the performance against Mullerwell being disjointed, being a wee bit flat, maybe not full of invention. But you could actually say that that's sort of been the the theme since Bill came in. Now that's not Bill's fault. Bill's only kind of working with the team he's got at the moment and he's done really, really well to get four wins out of four. Whereas I, I've actually said I don't think we would have got the four wins out of four under Gio. Um, however, I did have a comment uh, last night which I think there is some su- substance in. I think we still are in Gio mode in terms of confidence, in terms of ideals, but the mentality's completely changed because we are getting the, the job done. Um and that's the worry for me, especially coming up against Celtic. So it's for me, I think the players, not the players, the team is too far gone now. I think we should look at this Celtic game as a final hurrah for these players. Um, win, lose or draw. I don't believe that a win should extend their careers right over into next season. I think surgery needs to be started in January, regardless of the result on Monday. Um, and that's just reinforced by these performances because I, I just can't see an uplift in performance from this same personnel. Um, the only way I can see an uplift in performance is by getting new players in, new ideals and um, a, a change in mentality, if you will. Kenny, is, do you see it like that or can you see positive light in terms of these players are turning a corner or is it just maybe masked a wee bit by the positive results? Uh, you can't ask for more than four wins out of four, but I I I, I do understand what you mean because th- there's just too many of them not performing at the levels that they were two or three years ago, and the, it really hit home to me the other day. Actually, Rangers had put it up on Twitter that uh, they put up uh, a, a YouTube as live the the last game of. 2018, 2019, or 20, I think it was, uh, old firm game. Uh, 
where Arfield had scored the second goal, Tavernier scored the first minute, if you remember that game. And there was yeah. like nine starters in that in that team that are still there and still playing week in, week out. And you look at our midfield. That that this is what's galling me at the minute. Um I, I can't believe anybody uh, within our support doesn't understand now that this team or this squad, not too much this team, but this squad needs a massive, massive overhaul. It really does. Um, as a last hurrah, I don't know. The simple fact is we have to win. Uh, a draw is no good to us. A defeat is catastrophic. Uh, it leaves us with two cups to play for. Uh, but no, I, t- I do tend to agree with you that, aye, let's be realistic about it. This team needs gutted, to be honest. See, see in regards to your point, Kenny, about, um, and I totally get where you're coming from, the, the, the team can't do any more than win the four games out of four, which they have done. Yeah, You're absolutely right. I think where I'm, but the point of view I'm taking, um, I'm kind of looking ahead and I'm thinking, right, we've kind of, I wouldn't say we've stumbled over the line to get these kind of four wins because we have had to really work hard for them, especially the first two, Hibs and Aberdeen, maybe the Ross County and Mullerwell game. We, we we did get there in kind of second and third gear, but certainly the, the, the first two games we really, really had to work for it. But um, if the performances over the last four go into this Monday, and I'm not being defeated still, it's not going to be enough. Um, you know that, you can see that. We're not stupid. We're not we're no being downtrodden and saying that Celtic are this big, amazing team. We're not here, we're not in the business to praise Celtic, but what we do know is, is how Celtic play. Um, and Celtic play high intensity, big massive press, want the ball, retain the ball, uh, retain the ball as quickly as they can when they don't have it, and then when they do have it, move it as quick as they can to get obviously into the goal. Um, throw ins as quick as they can, boom, boom, boom. Uh, and my worry is we are so under equipped for that style of play, and I think the only way we can win on on Monday is not by playing the way we've been playing. I think we're going to need an, a right outlier of a performance where it's it's just something we've not seen in the best part of a year in domestic football. Uh, we, we are going to need a, a Scottish Cup semi-final performance. And I just, I'm struggling to see where that's going to come from. I, I really, really am at the moment. And I know that sounds downbeat and I know that sounds quite negative, but... It's, do you know what I mean, Kenny? Like, I, I, I do. Listen, I think our issues are fundamentally are lying in midfield at the minute. Our midfield is not controlling games. It's not keeping the ball. Uh, and that's where these games are, are tend to be won and lost. Uh, their midfield will run right over the top of us if we don't get our act together on Monday. I mean, it, that's my concern at the minute. We, we have to get a midfield that matches their runs because yeah. they will run and run and run. And we know it, we've seen it already. So that's my concern. Our midfield doesn't look fit enough at the minute. No. None of them. No, I agree with that. Um, Eddie, I said there, obviously, um, I know that people will be listening to this and they'll be shouting, for basically calling me out, saying, what do you mean by this? Are you, are you having a go at Michael Beale? But I'll, I'll uh, try and articulate it in a better way. I said there that, we're so under-equipped to deal with the threat of Celtic. Um, what I mean by that is, obviously, I'm not saying that Michael Beale isn't going to give us the information, or sorry, isn't going to give the team the information that they need to know. It's about the team, the players, actually fulfilling their duties to 
negate the threat of Celtic. And in order to do that, they need to be switched on. They need to be at full concentration at all times because one lapse of concentration will most likely result in a goal. We've seen it at Parkhead. Gio, for all his critics, he set the team up with the correct information. You've seen the, the, the viral clip of Gio basically tearing his hair out because Ryan Kent turned his back to the ball and before you know it, the ball's in the back of one And the issue that I have, Eddie, is, and, and me and you moan about this all the time when we go to watch the games, we are very rarely switched on and fully concentrating when we've got a throw-in for us. You see James Tavernier will jog up to the throw-in, take his time, he'll pick the ball up, he might even put the ball down and pick a new ball up, he'll look ahead of him, he'll look to the right of him, he'll look to the left of him, and basically all the players are standing with their finger up their arses, know what to move, know what to make an angle, and then before you know it, we flung the ball back to Alan McGregor, and that's our throw-in, there's no, no concentration there for our throw-ins, and we know how dangerous Celtic can be from their thrones. So this is that's what I mean by ill-equipped, um, or sorry, under-equipped. Do I trust these players to be fully concentrated at all times during the match? Every second of the match that they've got full concentration on the potential threat of Celtic? That's where my nervousness lies. Do you think that um, they are capable of giving a 90-minute performance on the evidence you've seen over the last couple of weeks? And if not, do you think, as I said, it is going to have to take a right outlier performance because it's going to need to take the performance of <laughs> essentially the performance of this the last two seasons really to do this and again I know I, I understand people will probably listen to this and I'm, I'm really uh, talking Celtic up maybe but I'm, I'm really not I'm, I'm essentially just pointing out what Celtic's obvious strengths are and what we need to do to negate that and do I feel that the players are capable of doing it I, 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 don't, I don't know if I am I, I think they have the capability to do do i trust them to do it no because like you said there i mean there's no evidence of them certainly over the last year kind of keeping that concentration levels up and thinking like that you're absolutely right it drives us both insane at games the way we're so lackadaisical for every set piece every throw in every corner they stroll over they pick the ball up, they bounce it, and they place it down for the corner, they'll move it slightly, they'll wait till someone else comes over to take it. And by this point, you've lost all the momentum that you had on the initial attack. And the other teams regrouped. Yeah, and it's just, it's really frustrating and it drives me wild. Someone, one of our mates in the group chat, when you'd mentioned it last night, like made a kind of comment about us um, going to games and, and talking about how long we take to take a throw in and I get what they're saying and there'll be a number of listeners out there who'll be saying the same thing but it's not particularly just we think we're too slow at taking throw in it's the mentality issue of it it's the, the attacking thought process they should be ready to go constantly always on the push always on the attack always on the press and it, it's yeah it's a small thing that we take 30 seconds to take a throw in absolutely agree it's a small thing but it's a small thing that happens 20 odd times a game so when it happens 20 odd times a game it, it becomes a big thing and you're losing a lot of potential attacking advantages in that and that just leads to a mentality like that just feeds into that whole mentality of not being always on the attack not being always on the press and being willing to kind of settle on occasion so you're absolutely right from my point of view in that this team need to kind of in this next game have a kind of outlier performance for them at where they are just now and be on it for the full 90 minutes and be constantly in Celtic's face, constantly pushing, constantly trying to win. And at the moment, do I think they're capable of that? 
the evidence is against that, but I certainly hope they will be, and I certainly hope Beal's able to go in there and kind of drill them back into that mentality, back get them back to where we were a couple of years ago, where we were dominating this fixture and we were the team that kind of owned all the mental um, strength in this game. But we'll see. Kenny, you mentioned the midfield, and I actually do agree with you, albeit we, we, we have a doubt up front, which we will come to, but the midfield um, will be crucial in this game. Um, Celtic will most likely line up with O'Reilly, McGregor and Hitati, three you know, live wires, if, if we're honest. They, they won't stop. They'll be constant constant on us. So, in your opinion, I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you my three um, first, but who do you think should line up in midfield for Rangers? I certainly think that a midfield three of Kamara, Jack and Arfield is the only way we can look to try and combat that Celtic midfield. Um, but what, what, what do you think? Uh, I'm not sure, uh, to be honest. Uh, I've, I, funny enough, I've been thinking about this since last night because I, I thought our midfield was pretty grim last night. Uh, I thought Jack and Lundstrom were just, I don't know what it is, they just don't seem to work together at times at all. Um, my, my my guess is that you'll start with Lundstrom, Kamara and Jack, to be honest. But I, I, again, it's it's a guess. Um, Lowry won't start at all. I, I would be very surprised if he featured at all. Um but it is that that's my biggest worry, actually. They they I think our defence will be all right. I think up front we can cross and bother if we can get the ball there. Um but that is my concern. You just said you mentioned their their midfield and I'm not here to big them up, but you're absolutely bang on. They will run all at us all day. So I do think Lundstrom will start though. I just, uh, I'm very nervous about John Lundstrom starting. Um, I don't think Lundstrom's been the best of form. I think he's been a bit... Yeah, me too. Um, I think this fixture plays in Lundstrom's head quite a a bit, actually. Whereas the first 10 minutes of his game in all forms seems to be taking the man rather than imposing himself in the game. Just, you know, that kind of... Uh, laying down the marker challenge that he looks for, he looks for the big, the big challenge uh, or the big tackle. Um, very rarely comes off. Nine times out of ten, it actually goes against him because he'll just get booked for something really stupid that puts him under pressure for the rest of the game. I think his composure in these games has been lacking since he got here. Um, albeit his best performance was the the semi final game, but I did think he had done really well. Um, but that's when he was, you know, in the in the midst of his uh, purple patch. Um, Eddie, John Lundstrom starting this game makes me really, really nervous. I think it's, I don't think he should start at all. Um, is there a, an opening for possibly James Sands to start in this game? Sorry, I couldn't find my mute button there. Um, <laughs> you've kind of stumped us on that one. I wasn't expecting a, a conversation on whether James Sands should start. I wouldn't be massively against it. Um, he is a bit more composed but I, do, I don't think he's as good as Lundstrom albeit Lundstrom hasn't been great over the last kind of couple of months to be honest so you know how long can you continually start someone who's out of form apart from obviously he was he was good in the Ross County game but even that that wasn't like a, he wasn't great he was just he was fine he was the best of a, a boring bunch um I wouldn't be massively against it but it probably wouldn't be my choice and I, I probably would still persevere with Lundstrom personally uh, I know how much you dislike him at the moment but I think when he's when he is on he is fantastic Um, we just need to find a way of getting him back into that frame of mind and getting him back into that form 
and I'm kind of hoping it does come on Monday. But yeah, yeah, we'll see. I I just it would be it would be nice to see Sands playing in midfield because I, I for all the love in the world that he's not a defender. Um, he's not oh. a centre back. It's nice enough that he can fill in in a pinch, but. I don't want to see him there regularly. I'd like to see him play in his more natural midfield position, which I don't think we have seen. So seeing him start the game, I, I'm just a bit concerned that the old firm might be a bit too much of a pressure cooker environment to throw him in yeah. into the position he hasn't really played much of this season and kind of hasn't really been starting the last few games. So Yeah, yeah I was going to say that idea. He's, Michael Beale's not started him in any of his four games uh, these four games in midfield is he so I know in the first couple he, he had to play centre half but he's not put him in his midfield yet is he so I just don't see him starting him on Monday no, That's fine that's fine um, Eddie you'll back me up here I'm the biggest hypocrite in the world when it comes to supporting Rangers if Lundstrom scores a winner on Monday I'll be celebrating almost as wildly as anyone else uh, I just want that on record even though that he is really really annoying me at the moment yeah, and I don't overly think there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with loving your club so much that you get angry at when things are not going well. I've got no problem with your absolutely wild takes on Twitter. <laughs> um, right, so I think the team really does pick itself. We're, we're going to come in another position in a minute. I think we'll all agree that it will be McGregor, it will be Tav, it will be Goldson, it will be Davis, and it will be Barisic. Midfield is the biggest talking point, which we've already discussed. It will be Tillman, it will be Kent. So who leads the line? Morelos went down. Um, you know, there's some ambiguity there. He, he did look in a lot of pain, but Michael Beale said it's just tightness. Hopefully we caught it at the right moment. That kind of chat concerns me because that means it's going to go at some point. Uh, so, um, yeah, we could be potentially seeing the last of Alfredo Morelos in a Rangers shot over the next couple of weeks if, if that continues to go the way it's going to go, if that pops. It did say that Antonio Cholak and Kemal Roof are 100% physically fit, but obviously match fit, they're not there. Um, and if Morelos doesn't make it, Cholak and Roof will share the minutes, possibly 60 minutes or Cholak, 30 minutes for Roof or vice versa. But he also said that Alfredo Morelos has already declared himself fit, as he would do. Um, so I'll come to you first, today. How crucial is it that Morelos is fit to start this game? Because I don't think he's going to finish it. Wouldn't be, um, you know, I wouldn't be against the fact that if we get 60 minutes out of Fredo Morelos and then 30 minutes out of Cholak or, or Ruff, that 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 would that would work for me. And is there a fear for you? I know the answer to this, but um, I, I, I just want to hear your takes. I know it will probably anger you a wee bit. Is there a fear for you that if Morelos doesn't make this, um, Bill may not want to start Cholak and Ruff, and it may actually be Sakala that plays for the middle? Yeah, that that's a big fear for me. Um, I don't. I'm, I'm going to come off sounding harsh here, but I don't really rate Sakala. Um, he's, he's a lovely guy, um, you know, from what I've seen of interviews and stuff. And I, I really would love to see him succeed, but I just have no kind of real faith in him playing through the middle. I'm not even particularly got much faith in him playing out wide in games. And it's it's weird because he has a great return for the time that he's played, but he just he comes across more lucky than, than has ability to me to be honest um so i would have a fear of him starting through the middle for definite i think we just have to really pray that morelos is fit now i love cholak i think he's an absolutely outstanding player for us since he's come but i think in a game like this a game against like morelos is the man you want leading the line and if this is his last game if he plays and 
is the the tightness becomes a more serious injury and he ends up out for the rest of the season, then that's really unfortunate and that'll be a sad way to see his season end. But actually, it's a risk I'm willing to take because we need him in this game, in my opinion, to be leading that line. And without him, I don't fancy our chances all that much. So for me, it's the, the kind of chance that you have to take and hope that he's going to have enough in that whatever minutes he manages to put in, whether it's 60, 70 minutes, enough to kind of lead us to a victory. Because if we don't win, season's over really anyway, isn't it? So We will, we will come with that. Kenny, how do you see the, 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 the guy leading the line out that, that situation? It's got to be Morelos for me. If, if he's in any way fit, as you see, even if it's 45 minutes an hour, start with him if he can. Uh, oddly enough, I'm going to be a wee bit controversial in terms of what Eddie used to say. wouldn't bother me if Sakala started, only because a couple of times last season he ran uh, Carter Vickers ragged. Um, not, not suggesting that he's necessarily going to do it again, just saying that his pace caused Carter Vickers a real bother. Uh, a couple of times last season, so yeah, uh, Cholak before Roof obviously because uh, Roof just got no game time at all, has he? So uh, I just don't see Roof playing at all, even though he's saying he's fit, uh, he's not match fit at all. Morelos is your man. Uh, oddly enough, I thought the second half again yesterday was probably as good as I've seen him in a, quite a while. I thought he he was very decent second half yesterday. I thought or last night. I thought. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was one of his better performances of the season. Um, look, it's 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 such a crucial position, um, and I'll give my opinion why it's such a crucial position. I think Celtic are there to be got at his centre half. I think obviously Carter Vickers is a is a good player. Starfelt, I've never seen it with him. Uh, albeit I don't watch Celtic week in week out. I know Celtic fans are pretty um, comfortable with him now, but they had real concerns about him at the start. But I think. In Scotland, Carl uh, Starfield and uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers have never really had that big challenge. And any time they have come up against a, a player with something about them, uh, if it's in Europe, they've kind of flattered to deceive. So I think that's where they're really, their vulnerability is there to be exposed. And that's why it's such a, a, a crucial choice of who starts this game, because I think Morelos can cause both of them problems. And we need to remember, Alfredo Morelos has not started an old fun game since the 1-0 game. Hollander, uh, um, and actually he's only played one more after that, which was the 4-0 game. Um, he missed every other Old Firm game last season, um, albeit it was some of it was through injury, some of it was through not returning from Colombia at time. And time, um, not, not that sounds of a disciplinary issue. Obviously, um, that was with permission from the club because obviously he was part of Copa America, but albeit it was still very disappointing that we never had him because uh, I felt as if he could have made a real difference. Um, Kenny, do you agree that that's where Celtic are there to be got at? Or do, can you see other positions where we can really cause them issues? You know, Greg Taylor is potentially going to miss the game. He got injured against Hibs, so it could be the young Argentinian boy, Burnaby, which I do not know enough about. Um, I would rather he played than Greg Taylor, albeit I don't really rate Greg Taylor, but I know we, we know what Greg Taylor can do, so I would rather... I'd rather, you know, Ryan Kent or, or Malik Tillman was up against an unknown quantity so that you just hope that the atmosphere sort of kind of spooks him a wee bit because uh, it won't spook Greg Taylor, as we know. Um, or, or do you think that there's other positions that could be um, exploited? Uh, well, the way they play, you've got to try and get in. You've got to expose their fullbacks, the way they come inside. We've got to get that ball out wide. Bonner and Tavernier are going to be absolutely key to that on Monday. 
They really are. They've got to get forward. We've got to push them back. Um, that's where Morelos will do very, very well. As you say, Kent Tillman uh, and whoever he plays in the midfield, we've got to keep that ball quite well uh, or as well as we can. But see, see on those uh, uh, transitions, as they're calling them these days, uh, we got, we've got to get that ball out wide as quickly as possible. If we can do that, we will properly get at their centre-halves. Uh, and I know that sounds daft because I'm saying get it out wide, but from there you're going to get it in the middle, and that's where their centre-halves are there to be had. Uh, it's unfortunate that there's nobody else in Scotland capable of getting anywhere near them. Uh, and don't seem to want to get anywhere near them, do they? Um, but to be honest, Morelos is key in this, actually, uh, in terms of that hold-up play. If we can get that ball forward quickly and get it out wide, get it back in, we, we've got a decent chance on Monday. I, I, I don't want this podcast to come across, across too negative, if you know what I mean. We've got four wins out of four. Uh, and they aren't as great a side as they're being made out to be by our media at the minute. Eddie Kenny makes an interesting point there, obviously saying that no no team in Scotland has really wanted to get close to Carter Vickers and Starfield. Now we've seen it with Aberdeen who dropped off very, very deep. They almost got away with it, but as as we know the inevitable happened. But um we've seen in that game that Starfield and uh, Carter Vickers are absolutely essential to how Celtic play because they like to carry the ball, bring it into the middle, and then from the middle, McGregor, Hitati or O'Reilly then will get out away to Jota, and then the ball gets fed in, obviously, via the, the channels uh, to, to one of the front men. Um, being able to block that path from Hart to Vickers to the midfield, it's got to be essential because... That's where the kind of that that that's the foundation of every Celtic attack, especially when uh, the the ball's with Joe Hart. Um, and I have to totally agree with Kenny what you just said. Like Morelos has got to be the man for that because not only will he be able to try and block the path, but he'll also put pressure on them, not give them that time to obviously feed the ball into the middle. And then on top of that, when we, when the ball turns over, um, and we've got the ball, they're going to have to think about occupying him. The whole game, which is something, let's be honest, they've not they've not actually had to do. Albeit Kenny makes a brilliant um, example in Sakala, who did cause Cameron Carter Vickers a lot of problems, but that's probably the only time Carter Vickers has really had an issue up 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 in Scotland. But a Morelos type, they've not came up face to face yet. Albeit, you know, they did come up against Morelos the last 20 minutes when they're already kind of free phone all up, so it's hardly going to be a challenge then, but in terms of a game that starts at 0-0, he could be the difference maker, which is why I think, as you guys have both said, it's absolutely essential that he's that he starts this game. Yeah, that's absolutely spot on. That's, that's exactly why I think he needs to start. You're absolutely right in that none of the other teams really try to put them under any pressure. I mean, let's be honest, the majority if not all the teams, go into their games against Celtic with the mentality of let's try and keep this to as few goals as possible, which is just mind-blowing. I mean, the comments from the Hibs manager before their game about how trying to beat Celtic is like trying to overtake a Ferrari in a, a Volkswagen or whatever it was, he said, is that's ridiculous. I mean, that's giving up before the game's even started. How you can go into a match as a professional manager with that kind of mentality, how are you expected to psych your team up when you're going out in public and and quitting before the game's even started is beyond me. And Morelos is exactly the type of player who will do that. He doesn't care. You know, Celtic could be 
50 points clear of us, he wouldn't care. He would still be getting in their face thinking he's better than them and he's going to cause them problems. He's All he's concentrated on, and sometimes this is to his detriment, but his only real focus is Morelos and, and getting the best out of Morelos in a game if he can. Yeah, he can take the half and be a bit petulant if things don't go his way, but in the back of his mind, he's always thinking, I'm going to do what I do best for me and make me look good. And that's exactly what we need, someone that's going in with no fear of the, the players that he's up against, knowing that actually he can cause them damage if he plays to the best of his ability. So that's, for me, why he is absolutely crucial for us going into this game. He's the exact type of player who's going to cause them issues all over the park. And in many ways, Eddie, the same argument as the same reasons why Cholak is not the ideal player to go into one of these games. Would that be correct? Yeah, I think that's fair. I, th- I think... Um, Cholak, like I say, he's been great since we've brought him in and I, I really like him, but I, I think he's probably got a bit more of a kind of awareness of who he is and where he's at and understands his kind of level and at times can sometimes play a little bit inside himself when we're up against some of the, the bigger bigger teams. Um, at the same time, if the ball lands in the box, there's only one guy you want now, which would Oh be- yeah, I mean, he's, he's an absolute natural finisher. Yeah, it's um, just, but it, it's that it's like going back to that Kenny Boyd, eh, Kenny Boyd, Chris Boyd, Kenny Miller. <laughs> Kenny Boyd would have been fantastic. Um, it's that uh, Chris Boyd, Kenny Miller scenario, isn't it? Like Kenny Miller is the man you want leading the line in a one-man attack against a, a team like Celtic, but Chris Boyd's the man you want the ball to fall to a yard out from the goal, unless it's against Villarreal. Yeah, absolutely. Well, why, God, you had to bring that up. Jesus, where did that come from? I know, sorry, it just popped into my head as I was talking. Um, <laughs> right, so, look, as I've always said on this podcast, we don't do predictions because obviously we want Rangers to win and obviously 99 times out of 100 we're going to expect Rangers to win unless we're coming up against a, a big European giant. Um, so I think it's pretty pointless and futile to actually even ask for predictions. I always try and put a different slant on things. So the slant I'm going to put on this um, to round off this discussion about the Ophir match is consequences. Um, now, I said at the start of the show, or, or maybe in the middle of the show, that regardless of the result, there should be consequences. There should The, the surgery should start. The, the clear-out should begin. I, I understand that 11 players won't leave and 11 players won't come in this January, but certainly minimum four should leave and minimum four should come in. Uh, certainly, in, in my opinion, there should be a, a turnover of eight players. Uh, that has to be the bare minimum, in my opinion. I'm not saying that's what I'm expecting. Well, I'm expecting it, but I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen. Just giving you my opinion. Um, but I think there, I think there will be different consequences when uh, for the players and the team with the result at hand. So a win, does that extend maybe some players? Um, who are possibly looking down the bar over the Rangers' career. A loss, does that accelerate the, the the departure, the speed of the departure for some of these players? A draw, I don't think it's even any point even wasting our time talking about a draw, because a draw, we learn nothing. We stay the same. We're still nine points behind. And ultimately, it's a better result for Celtic as us. Um, Kenny, you said it, we need to win. It's a must-win for Rangers. 15 points out of 15, as me and you said. We set the target and... We're almost there, albeit the, the, the toughest uh, opposition are coming up. Um, so this will be the hardest three points we need to fight for. But what do you think the consequences of this match will be, win, win or lose? Um, do, do you think that there'll be much um, weight put on the result in terms of maybe players leaving? Or do you think Michael Beale 
albeit his uh, vast amount of experience in this game, do you think he will learn anything new? Well, here's the thing. I, I've, I was actually talking about this earlier on, and if we were to win, it goes down to six points, then you could, you know, theoretically say it's game back on again in the championship. That that will have a consequence in terms of what we do with uh, whatever funds are available, if you like. Whereas if we draw, as you say, there's there's no real change at all there. Whereas if we lose, it it will accelerate Michael Beale's pro, you know, the process that he's going to have to go through. If you understand what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it'll. I think the result on Monday will have a big bearing on what we do in January, oddly, because I think if we go twelve behind, you might well see. And I'm not saying this will happen. What I'm saying is you might well see. Michael Beale actually turn and say, look, this is a bigger turnover than I thought it was going to be, so I'm going to have to reassess this squad over the, the period, so maybe keep more money for uh, the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that will happen, I'm just saying it might happen. Uh, whereas if you go to six points, he might well turn and say, I need a right winger now and I need a centre mid right now. You know, and I want decent ones and I, and I want money spent on them. Do you know what I mean? He's got his targets and he wants them. Um, I, so I don't know actually what will happen with it. Actually, I have to say, Kenny, that's kind of what my eyes a wee bit. I've never thought about it like that because I've just been swamped under by pure negativity uh, over the last two or three months. I've never actually thought about a win might actually accelerate a lot of funding because it would be game back on. and Of course it would, yeah. One or two quality additions might be the difference towards the end of the season. I've never actually thought about it like that, so no, that's a very, very good point. Eddie, what do you think the consequences will be? That You're right, that's a great point. I hadn't really uh, thought about that in the the terms of, uh, like, obviously a, a win puts us back into it, but I didn't really think about that could be what sparks a bit of spending, um, no more back into it. Actually, if I'm honest with you, my kind of main thought was a win would let the board sit there and think, actually, we're back in it, so we don't need to spend on him because these players are able to challenge. And that was my concern. But that's a, it's almost a reverse of a couple of years ago when um, we lost to Celtic at Ibrox and, and that sparked us to buy Kent um, because it, it was like, right, do you know what it is? We need to, we need to spend him, we need to get out there, and we need to put this challenge in. And Kenny's right, a, a win could be the opposite of that and have them thinking right actually we're back in we've got a chance here let's uh, not throw away this opportunity so he's completely yeah. flipped my thought process on this I think it'll be more comment. Michael Beale Eddie do you not think I think it'll be Beale will be turning on saying yeah, yeah. I need that money no, I no, want absolutely. that now if you want to win this league this is what we've got to do you've totally flipped my, my thought process on it um, one thing I will say is if, if we do lose I know the club won't come out and say it, but we kind of have to accept that it's very, very, very unlikely that um, we'll get in and out of the league if we do lose. And, and I think that then has to kind of spell the end of a few of these careers rather than holding on to them to the summer. It, it would be the time to just say, look, right, lads, you've, you know, it hasn't worked. Your, your time's up. Let's just move you on and start planning for next season. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Absolutely. But you're right. A, a win could, could totally change the mentality and, give Beale the kind of emphasis of, look, I've come in, I've settled the ship, I've uh, got us some wins in, I've got us five wins out of five, you know, put us back into the title run, now give me some money to bring in some of the players that I want, and let's really push for it. Well, just hoping, yeah. Kenny's, Kenny's uh, kick-started the battle fever, I'm, I'm ready. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, no, listen, uh, I think we've covered just about everything that needs to be kind of covered there. I don't, I don't think we've missed much out. Um, as I said, the predicted lineups are a pretty easy one anyway, albeit the midfield is probably the biggest conundrum. Um, all remains to be seen now is the players and the message to the players is, is, the, is the title of the show. Just fucking win. I don't care how we do it. Just just do it. Um, they owe it to us. They owe it to themselves. They owe it to the club. Um they don't so much owe it to Michael Beale. Michael Beale will be in a job regardless of the result. Um, but they certainly they certainly owe it to us um, because they've put us through the ringer the last six months and we deserve um, a victory over them. Uh, so all that really remains for me to do is thank you two guys. Um, a day I will see you on Monday, um, but I'll just obviously wish you a happy new year when it comes, mate. Aye, cheers. Happy new year to you as well. It's a uh been good being back on the pod i've gone from a bizarre situation of yesterday leaving a 3-0 win worried that we're going to get hammered on monday to today kind of sitting there thinking actually we do have a chance to kenny's comment i've now already got the union jack bunting around the house while i was on mute there (laughs) and uh kenny um same to yourself mate have a good new year when it comes i'm sure you'll enjoy it and uh i will you too buddy you're going to the game on monday aye yep Yep, um, yep. Hope your team wins, mate. I hope your team wins. You too. Yep. And uh, to the listeners, you just have a happy new year as well. You will hear from us um after the old fun game. We obviously I will say now if we get a if we get a win, we will look to put something out as quick as possible. A draw or a defeat, it will probably be later in next week. Um we will be looking back on the old fun game. But a win certainly we will I, I mean I'm probably going to try and commit to it I'll, I'll look for as quick a turnaround as I possibly can I'll even try and get something in the Monday um, I don't care if you're all pushed I'll get the poddles on um, and then later on in the week we will be looking ahead to Rangers um, trip to Tanadice uh, we'll be playing Dundee United on the 8th of January um, hopefully looking for 6 out of 6 um, so as I said to the listeners have a good new year you'll hear back from us next year um, and as I always say if you could please like subscribe and follow us uh, on all our social medias uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter um, we're on Amazon Music we're on Spotify we are on Apple Podcasts download, subscribe, like follow um, the, 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 the smallest bit of help um, helps us go a long way in that regard um, so that, that would be great if you could do that um, all the links will be in the description as always um, and as I said join us next week but hopefully we're going to be discussing uh, quite a momentous, a momentous victory over Celtic and we will also be looking ahead to our fixture against Dundee United so thanks very much.